It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It is the Lawn and Garden Show. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener who can barely remember to turn on his microphone in the morning. I thank you, Jason. <laughs> Alongside Ashley Frasca, here to answer your garden questions this morning at 404 872 64 degrees. Ashley, this is January. It's been lovely. I took houseplants from indoors outside, let them enjoy the weather for a couple of days. I'm bringing them in, though, because I don't want the pots to get muddy and overflow with all the rain today. But it's been nice. Unbelievable. But January? We're not supposed to say that. We're not supposed to say 64 degrees on a Saturday morning in January. A picture came up on my Facebook memories, you know, that that it does that every so often the other day. And it was a traffic picture, but it was a broken water main off of like Tilly (laughs) Mill or something. And it was, as soon as the water main was breaking, it was freezing in the air and it was just all frozen mm-hmm. over on Tilly Mill, and that was like right. five years ago. And I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty standard January, not this. Be careful, by the way, this afternoon. Weather is going to be a big, 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 big news story this afternoon. We will keep you informed. Kirk Mellish is on the job this morning and will be all day long to make sure that you are informed about where the storm is headed and what the things to expect will be. It'll and be with day. any of the warnings or watches or anything that may come with some severe yeah. weather today, if you download the WSB radio app, you get all those notifications to your phone as the weather approaches. Right. So that's That'd helpful. So if you're driving to Nashville or whatever you may be doing <laughs> today, you'll be weather aware. So, Ashley, I thought this morning we'd have a little discussion, a little interactive uh, play between the two of us about pruning, because this is a great time of year to prune, right? Trees, shrubs, things like that. And I thought I would start out by telling things that can be mistakes, okay? Ooh. I'll describe the situation. You say, why is that a mistake? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're good at why, 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 why. <laughs> so I'll do the why, why, why. So <clears throat> let us imagine we have a tree. It has a low limb. It's low enough that it hits you right in the forehead. Every time you try to mow underneath the darn tree, walk underneath it, it hits you in the forehead. And you think, I am going to prune that limb off. So you get out your saw and you go right next to the trunk of the tree and you go right down there. Just take the bark off, everything off. It's a flush cut right with the trunk of the tree. In my mind, yeah. instead of cutting such at a, a vertical yeah. cut, I was kind of envisioning cutting a little more at a slant. No, not that either. Downward so that water doesn't get in there, you know? No, no, no? it's a problem. It's a problem oh, no. because the the way a limb emerges from the trunk of a tree, it has a sort of a little collar. If you look mm-hmm. at any tree, there'll be a little collar where the limb goes out of the out of the trunk. And so the cut actually should be made right there on the edge, the outer edge of the collar. So it makes a little bump on the trunk of the tree. It leaves a little bump there. And that is a good thing because that collar is where all the new cells are that will close up that wound. They close up the wound and keep the rain and bugs and things like that out of the trunk of the tree. If you cut right flush with the trunk, you take off the collar. And if you take off the collar, the tree doesn't heal. Bugs, water, everything else gets into the tree. The tree gets rotten. The tree falls down. Okay. That's why that is a problem. All right, let's go again. Let's say I got this limb on the tree, and I know about the collar. This time I say I'm just going to take one cut from the top. What do you think is going to happen when I cut down from the top 
with a big, thick limb about you know ten feet long. I'll be on that point before you finish making the cut. Yeah, before I finish making the cut, it's going to fall on your foot. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about that. That's right. It it's fall on your foot. But before, before it falls on your foot, that's a problem. It's going to peel the bark down about a foot oh. or two because it won't get fully cut through. The limb will get fully right. cut through, but the bottom part, bottom half maybe of the limb, will pull bark and peel it off down. That's a problem. That's a problem. You know that already. That's a problem. But would, would that depend on the type of tree that you're cutting? It's not almost everyone. They, they'll, they'll all peel do that. Something off. Yeah. Hmm. Pines, not so much, but maple, surely, oak, surely, dogwood, surely, uh, most every tree. You don't want to just take one cut from on top because the limb's not going not to uh, fall on your foot or peel off the bark. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. So you're in a hurry. And so you go out to the tree and think, I don't worry about all this bark peeling and stuff like that. I see the collar. I want to go out about 10 inches maybe and cut the whole limb off. And you cut it off. Pew, it doesn't fall on your foot. It doesn't peel much bark off, and any bark that it does peel off are on the stub still. But there, when you stand back, there's a stub about yeah, 10 inches long left on the tree. So that's the limb, what's left of the limb that's coming the limb. out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think that's a problem. That's a problem. Dang it. Why? Well, because when you leave a stub, the tree, you know, the collar that I talked about earlier, the collar does, will never be able to go out 10 inches and cover over the end of that stub. It just doesn't have enough time to do that. What will happen instead is the stub will rot. And when the stub rots, it will leave a little socket in the collar. And that socket is a great place for bugs, water, all kinds of things get into the interior of the tree. you got a rotten tree, hollow tree, it falls down, you're sad because you left a stub. Okay, so stub's a bad thing. So when you limb something up, though, yeah. you know, I mean, with, like, say, a rose bush, for instance, you can cut anywhere along the, yeah. the stem and yeah. there not be any damage. But with a tree... Completely different. When you're limbing things up, you need to remove a whole limb, yeah. not just reduce the limb length, right? Generally speaking, you remove a whole limb. There are times when you when you shorten a limb, and I'm not going to go into that this morning, but there are times, yeah, when you shorten the limbs of trees to, to reduce them in size. So let's think about what's another problem. So you got all this together, and you're not going to leave a stub. You're not going to cut flesh cut with a trunk. You're not going to cut it down and let the limb fall on your foot. So then what is the right way? Then to cut a big limb, let's say a six-inch diameter limb about four feet off the ground, how do you cut it the right way? Here's what you do. Take your saw and go out about eh, 10 or 12 inches. But the first cut is not down. It's up, of all things. You go upward 10 inches out from the trunk. Don't go all the way through the limb. We don't want to go all the way through because if you go much further than halfway, it's going to pinch. The limb weight, you know, will pinch your saw. It'll be... You'll say some ugly words yes. trying to get that saw out from <laughs> the pinch there. So you go up a, a quarter of the way through the limb. Next cut is down just above where you could make the first cut. You go down, and of course the whole limb pops off. There's no peeling, no anything else, but you have left a stub only about 10 inches long. But you don't leave the stub. Mm -hmm. You go back to the tree. Where do we make our cut? Right outside the collar. Right outside the collar, good. And we cut it down, and you cut the stub off, and everything's fine. And now, what do we do after we cut the stub off? Drag the limbs to the woods. Good, exactly. But what do we do? To, <laughs> what do we do to the? <laughs> this isn't easy rascal, with me, is it? Rascal, you are so great. <laughs> All right. So, what do we do to the tree after we cut the limb off the tree? So that you know, wound that we have in the tree. You don't cover it with plastic. Boom! You don't cover it with plastic. Do you cover it with anything? No. Tar, no. Paint, no. Any, no. No. Why? 
Because uh, that I get can to ask you why. Because <laughs> that can bring on disease. It needs to be able to breathe, just exactly. like when you have a cut. You exactly. need, you know, I mean, you can keep a bandaid on for so long, but it needs air. It needs to heal. And the air, more importantly, is what signals the tree to tell those cells in the collar to start growing. To say, "Come on and grow tightly and cl- close over this wound here quickly, as quickly as you can." And tar and paint and plastic or foam or anything else you put Terrible on the wound. Idea. Bad idea. So breathing, that's a great idea, great thing. So what have we learned today? We don't leave stubs. We don't go make flush cuts. We don't uh, cut right close to the trunk and let the limb fall on our feet. We cut with a three-cut method up, down, and then the stub is left off. We do not cover the wound with tar. We're home free. And then I guess when you drag the limb to the woods. And a good chainsaw. A good chainsaw. My husband has many times done work with a bad chainsaw, and, and there are a lot of curse words. (laughs) <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. Foreshadow. Your dog has to cover her ears. So she he does. John talking about pruning. Now, I will tell you, though, talking about pruning, some things I've observed just in the last week, and I don't know if people are doing this because it's warm right now or yeah. if this is char- characteristically the time to be pruning these things, but I've seen Mexican petunia yeah. mowed down. Yeah. Uh, butterfly bush, I used to wait till February, but I suppose now. It was okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. uh, pampas grass. Mow it down. That, that yeah, stuff, people have just... Whacked that back. Good. That's what she's so. supposed to do. All right. Good. All right, Those good. are all okay. All right. Thank you. Let's go to the phone. We got a real short conversation with our friend from Griffin, Georgia, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Reeves, Ashley. Miss Nicole, how you doing this morning? Fine, fine. It's warm outside. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really warm. 65 degrees now in Atlanta. I went to the uh, lumber yard yesterday. Yeah. Oh, you talk about big tree. The one, the trunk was higher than me, five wow. four. Imagine that, big wow. old tree. Were they going to uh, saw it into lumber? What was going to happen there? They already uh, cut it and they drag it in the yard, uh-huh. and after that, they cut it in pieces to sell the wood. Yeah. But there's a lot of um, moss, and after I'm going there for about thirty years. After ten years, probably they the mulch because the bottom is really good soil. Yeah, sure, the sawdust from a sawmill, sure, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I like to make my own uh, potting soil. With the pH only with this soil, would sustain life or I need to make something else with it? Well, that is a great question. It differs as, as wood decomposes. The pH will change. Sometimes it will be acid, sometimes it will be alkaline, depending on the bacteria and the fungi that are working on it at that particular time. So you don't know until it's completely decomposed if the pH is too high or too low for the plants. How long would that take? Yeah, I don't know. A year year or so, probably. I know it takes a little while to get started, and then it rots pretty quickly. So if it is crumbling in your hands... Yeah, and if you can't tell that it used to be sawdust or pieces of shavings, it's probably pretty much close to being finished decomposing, yeah. So uh, would the uh, adding perlite and other things would help? I think you're right, because you need the, just some perlite to open the pores face of the soil up so it drains pretty quickly. And sometimes, Nicole, it's just your instinct, you know, your experience as a gardener or what the soil needs to look like once you mix the decomposed shavings and the perlite together to see if it sort of drains pretty well, doesn't clump together, not too fine. And try it and see. You just have to try it and see. I was walking in this yard yesterday, and I was telling myself, oh, we need to go back to our senses. 
the smell, yeah. the look of the wood, yeah. and this big frog. I swear, Mr. Reeves. <laughs> She's been there for 30 years. But. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Does this, is this the lumberyard frog that has a name? Oh, I don't. I wish I would have uh, <laughs> thought about it. But the the frog, I, I, I went to another place, too, and you could hear those frogs. This is a really yeah. song to my mind. Yeah, yeah. Springtime, the little peepers sometimes come out really quickly. Just a few days of warm weather in January or February, little peeper frogs. Eek, 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 eek at night, and just before the sun goes down, I guess. They're really fun to hear, and you're right about the smell. At a lumberyard, it's really intoxicating. The smell of pine, of oak, of poplar are all different, and you can tell the difference between what trees are being sawed up at that time just by smelling. Uh, especially our wide pine, we get so much of it in the south. Yeah, it's really great. Nicole, i got to go, but I do appreciate that. that you're the first person, I think, Nicole, ever talk about visiting a lumberyard, but it's part of the natural experience of you, me, Ashley, and everyone else. Sometimes you go places, you smell things, you learn things, you see things like frogs. You're always on the lookout for something new, something to, to talk about. And I appreciate that, Nicole. It's really fun for you to call in. Enjoy your day. Have Enjoy a good your one. day, too. Have a good one, Nicole. We'll see you soon. It's 619. We'll be back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. Ashley Frasca joining Walter Reeves this morning on Lawn and Garden at 624 and a weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing today, 90 to 100% chance for rain. You're going to see showers pretty, pretty likely. We already canceled our plans for this evening. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's 100% actually. It's 100% yeah. wherever you are. That's how guaranteed it is. So a high of 70, low of around 50. It's going to be windy, maybe a chance of a shower before 1 p.m., but then heavy thunderstorms likely late afternoon and into the evening. So you see Kirk Mellish's blog for more information on that, WSB Radio com clearing out tomorrow only a 50 percent chance for rain in spots a mix of sun and clouds and a high of 65 and a low of 55 the complete weather update comes in 10 minutes on 95.5 wsb and charlie our friend uncle charlie santa charlie from florida calls us right now hey charlie good morning how y'all doing hey man we're all right what's going on well last week you had the uh here i go again oh no had, had the uh Retirement. No, not that. The uh, retirement. Yeah, the, retirement, Charlie. No, I know. You, I'm been in retired. That's what's wrong with me. It's the <laughs> wives' tale. The wives' tale. Oh, oh yeah, the wives' tale. Yeah. Right, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I got so tongue tied on it, I just hung up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hang on, now here it goes. This is not a tale. This is a fact. Oh, we got two it's minutes. Better to put, it's better to put a one dollar plant in a ten dollar hole than a Ten dollar plant in a one dollar hole. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, sure. That's and perfectly said. Too soon, old, and too late, wise. <laughs> yeah. There y'all go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think the. But anyway, no, I don't. don't get a, I don't have a radio either. Remember, I told you I didn't have a microwave. Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have a radio either, so I didn't hear you was retiring, man. I'm. Um, I'm going to miss you on the radio. Well, Charlie, you won't miss Ashley because she'll still be here, and she'll still oh, take we, your calls we already, We've been buddies for a while. Mm -hmm. We live up kind of in the same neighborhood up there in North Atlanta. Yeah. 
Yeah, but so, the good uh, thing is, I mean, you can miss Walter, but you'll yeah. still get to hear yeah. him every week on the show. Every week I'll do a segment with him, a conversation. So it's it's going to be really good. Oh, that's good. I, I like that. Cause I like y'all. Y'all, y'all are Atlanta. <laughs> we like us too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we can't cut the cord. There's no way. And Walter's like not ready to full on retire. Like oh, no. you still want to be involved in stuff. So yeah, it's good to do that. You lose track of what day and what week it is when you get sometimes, retired. Sometimes yeah. that's a good thing, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, jealous. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> that was last week. <laughs> that was When's my birthday coming, honey? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> what month is it? <laughs> really. Retired well, anyway, I just wanted to call home. back and give you that uh, wives' tale that's not such a tale because I got so plubbered up on it last right, week we'll I couldn't figure, get it we'll out. We'll figure it out together, Charlie. Thanks so much for calling. Okay. Have a, a good time. listeners as well. We'll see you soon. We okay. learned. Thanks, Charlie. We learn so much from each other. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what I've told everyone this week. I have gotten some of the most encouraging, fantastic, supportive emails from our listeners, from friends of yours, Walter, who are all giving me a chance. Yeah, yeah. But just knowing that you have to be wide open for knowledge, you never can just outlearn everybody else. But everyone's so encouraging and just supportive of yeah. learning from one another. Like, that's what you get from these callers that call every week, day in, day out. Even people with questions, you may learn something from their question, you know, in giving them the answer, something you hadn't thought about. And, you know, I've done the same, done the show the same way pretty much for all 26 years. We want the show to be different. And that's why Ashley is going to take over the show. And if you have an idea or something you'd like to hear or some segment you'd like to know more about or something like that, email Ashley. Email her. It's ashley.frasca at cmg.com. I'm open to that. Ashley.frasca mm-hmm. at cmg.com. And she will be delighted to hear from you and just tell her what you need. She's open to wisdom from anyone. We do the show for you. So, yeah, it'd be great to hear from you. It's 628. We'll be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves and Ashley Fresca on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. It's 6.35 on a Saturday morning at 95.5 WSB, 65 degrees outside. This is not a good thing, Ashley. Ooh, why? Because 65 in January, that means we've got either some serious global warming going on or the atmosphere is very unstable. I learned this from Kurt Mellish. And when you have an unstable atmosphere, you have tornadoes and storms and rain and all sorts of unpredictable things. I remember you're you're coming up on your 26-year anniversary in yeah. four days, four days of this show. Yeah, sure. So I remember when we did your 20th, and I tried to plan all these on-air callers and surprises for you and whatever six years ago. And we had to keep interrupting your show with Tim <laughs> Bryant doing right, news right. because of tornado warnings. Oh, man. So that was six years ago, right. this exact time. So, yeah, you're right. Totally unstable. And I remember coming back to Atlanta from uh, South Africa or New Zealand, one or the other. And the city was completely shut down from snow in late yeah. January of nine, eight years ago now. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh, January. Wow, crazy. Well, so Barbara. let's talk about that real quick, though. Oh, oh well, go ahead. With, with the temperature. Yeah. Is it faking a lot of plants out? To yeah, maybe induce some blooms yeah. or new growth. And then if we have a frost in three or four weeks, what's going to happen? Yeah, hydrangeas is one that everybody's worried about because hydrangeas, mine buds are at least an inch long on my hydrangeas. And, uh, yeah, if those buds get frozen, those top two, maybe three buds on a stem, 
are the ones that send up the limbs, the twigs that make the blooms this coming summer. And so if they get frozen, we won't have any blooms. So if you have a hydrangea and you see the temperatures are going down, if they're going down to freezing, your hydrangeas need to be covered all the way to the ground, all sides with sheets, plastic, black plastic is better, cardboard boxes, whatever you got. If you want to protect a special hydrangea, then make sure it's covered. If the temperatures are going down, you got those little buds popped out all green on them. Good, okay. So, uh, let's go to Barbara and Snellville. She's been waiting very patiently for us. Hey, Barb, good morning. Good morning. How are you? How can we help, Barb? Uh, when can I spray weed killer on zoya and fescue grass? Do you have weeds now, or like, are you looking yes, at weeds have, right now? I, I have some weeds in the fescue. Okay, so obviously, you know, we don't want to use something like um, Roundup right now, yeah. you know, because the <laughs> glycophate, glycophate. I can't yeah. say that word. Um, stuff, yeah. Yes. So you don't want to use that, but something with 2,4-D, that's a good weed killer ingredient that's, you know, pretty targeted. It's very common. 2,4-D is the first ingredient usually on any uh, weed killer bottle or weed killer, weed killer bag. And uh, usually all the weed killers have a combination of 2,4-D and what, MCP, MCPP and Daxol, I guess, or uh, Dicamba in them. And so those three-way weed killers, I'll give you some examples. Bonad Weed Beater Ultra, Barbara, is one that you can spray on fescue now. Um, the Ortho Weed Beater, or Ortho, um, um, what's it, Weed Control Max, Ortho Weed mm -hmm. Begone Max is another one that you can spray now. And they kill broadleaf weeds. Is that what you have, Barb, broadleaf weeds? I don't even know what kind. I know it's just, I don't know. Does it, look I... like a, does it look like a grass or does it look like uh, something that has a wide... Uh, some look like grass, and then some is just flat. Ah, the flat ones are the ones that the 2,4-D will kill. Okay. Okay. But the grassy ones, in fescue, you might have right down this time of year, uh, annual bluegrass. And the weed killer I told you about earlier, they won't hurt, they won't kill the annual bluegrass. But there's another weed killer that will, sadly, it can't be used on fescue. So for annual bluegrass, you have a gra if you have a grassy-looking weed now in fescue, uh -huh. digging it out is the only thing you can do. Hmm. Uh, okay. Dig it out uh, is the only thing you can do. Yeah. What about the zoria? Can you uh, use that 2,4-D uh, on the zoria? You can. Mm -hmm. And, of course, always. You know that what I'm saying to you every time, Barbara, read the label. Make sure the label okay. says can be used on zoria when it's dormant, can be used against broadleaf flat weeds. Um, you know, know what you're doing and be sure you measure correctly. Okay, and uh, I need to plant some more turf fescue grass seeds. Yeah. So is it too early right now? If you're going to spray, here's the problem. If you spray the weed killer, you can't plant seeds for whatever the label will say. Usually it's four weeks after you spray, you can't plant seeds. So it is too early to plant anyway because when it should be March might be mm -hmm. yeah we we did our fescue um, actually we were a little late this year Barbara but like October we put down fescue seed and then I just recently did a weed and feed you know to, to take care of some of the weeds and, and fertilize it as well because it's been so warm it's been nice and wet um, but then yeah. yeah March coming around March would be the next time to do the seed so right now like Walter said if you're going to treat the weeds, that gives you a good space of that four to six weeks to treat the weeds now, wait, and then do the seeding in March. Okay, thank you very much, and have a great day. Hey, you, you too, too. Barbara. Thanks for calling. Great question. We've got to talk a little bit about weeds and the different things that control them. 
Uh, speaking of weeds, Zesta is incoming and has a question about onions in her yard. Hey, Zesta, good morning. Good morning, Walter and Ashley. Hey. And uh, I am nervous because I'm on the phone. But anyway, Walter, congratulations oh, on your retirement. You. And yes. I have an invasion of wild onions in my centipede lawn. Okay. Used to, I would buy 2,4-D, but I haven't found that on the market lately. You may not recognize it. It's still the same. It's the first ingredient. This is 2,4-dichlorophenoxyacetic acid. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Abbreviated 2,4-D. And how do you spell that? No, just please <laughs> 2,4-D. First thing on the, you heard me say a minute, a minute ago, the products that have it in them, the Bonide, uh, the Ortho, the um, Bio-Advanced, all those have 2,4-D in them. And what else? Uh, the Bio-Advanced season-long weed control. Bio-Advanced. Yeah, okay, the, can the I pick bottle. them up in any pipe? Yeah, should mm-hmm. be, should be, sure. And okay. You, if you don't have too many, if the invasion of the onion's not too bad, you can always use a spading fork and kind of pop them out, too. That's just as effective... I think is, is spraying yeah, them, and it, and you get quicker effective. results. Yeah. yeah, more effective than, than trying to spray because with spraying it takes a couple of weeks before they have any damage. You don't get all the bulbs when you spray, but when you dig them up, you get every, every one of them. Yep. Well, at my age, I don't think I'll tackle that one. A <laughs> <laughs> spray is good then. <laughs> okay, thank you. It's a pleasure, Justin. Thanks so much for calling. Uh huh. Bye bye. You bet. We'll see you soon. Uh, Melvin is out in Austell and calls us on the Lawn and Garden Show. Melvin, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How y'all doing? We're doing Great. all right, Melvin. What's up? Quick question. I just want to know, well, what can I have fertilizer with my collard greens, my ton of greens, and my broccoli? Right now, although I, you know, I've debated this with Ashley a little bit about whether I should recommend 10-10-10 anymore because the, the middle number on 10-10-10 really bothers me. We don't need much phosphorus in our soils uh-huh. in Atlanta, Melvin, but... Sadly, all you can find at the garden center is ten, ten, ten for your garden fertilizer. Okay. That's, that's what I'll say. And ten, ten, ten. Ten, ten, ten. And a quick, how do you cut the broccoli off so they can come back? Oh, that's a great and, question. Yes, yeah, you cut the because I, I got some. I got some need to be cut now, but I don't know how to go in there and to make sure they grow back. Uh, I have cut it one time and didn't then come back no more. I did something wrong. Huh. No, I don't know if you did something right. Maybe the weather may have been wrong, too cold, too hot, too something else. It may have caused it not to come back. But usually just cutting the broccoli floret is what they call the, the head, the floret or head of the broccoli. Just cut it off at the base. And if there's a little bud left there, it'll sprout out and give you another smaller. Yeah, it'll be smaller, but another floret within yeah, three weeks or so. But would it get the same? Would it get bigger as, as the first one? Or it just get medium no, size? No, get medium size. Medium to small, really. Okay. All right, thank you. you Enjoy bet. your vacation. Hey. Enjoy your vacation, sir. <laughs> Thanks so much, Kevin. I appreciate the advice. That's an awesome way of thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> vacation. We're going to try to have a nice long Sleeping one. in on a Saturday? What? <laughs> a number once again, 404-872-0750. Mary is in Lawrenceville, wants to move her bulbs around. Hey, Mary, good, good morning. morning. Good morning, y'all. Hi. Hey. And my best wishes to both of you on your ventures. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Very nice. Well said. I have to say, I've been listening since before Kathy Henderson. Oh, Good heavens. That wow. was way long ago, Mary. And I'm trying to think who was before Kathy. Uh, Mr. Hastings. That's right. That's yeah. right. Listen to him. Anyway, this yard is... Is because of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a good yard. Don't tell us there's weeds good. in it. My question is, is it too late to move daffodils? Hmm. They're not happy, and I'm not happy with them there. How, are you seeing any leaves coming up out of the ground? Yeah, maybe about two inches. Mine too. Yeah, mine too. 
She's not happy. I, usually I would say, no, we want to go ahead and let them bloom and move them after they turn yellow in June. But, you know, Mary, if a gardener's not happy, <laughs> let's go ahead and fix the problem. It's not really, really going to hurt the daffodils if you move a whole clump. If you try to divide them, that's problematic. That's not going to no, be so no. good. No, but I, I you, can just pick them up with one shovelful yeah. and put them in another hole. Okay. If you do that, yeah. fine. Go ahead and do it. It won't hurt them at all. If you try to okay. divide them right now, you're not going to get many blooms. They just won't recover from the damage to the roots that you make by, by digging them so up. it's possible they would bloom then that way. If you dig just the whole clump, yeah, sure, they yeah. will. Absolutely. Okay. Wonderful. Wonderful. So my question for you, Walter, yes. would be when she jabs that shovel into the dirt, how how deep do you go? I mean, you obviously don't need to go very deep because the bulbs are pretty shallow. Yeah, but pretty shallow, but still. I go around, what do you do, Mary? Six or eight inches or so? I do six, about six inches. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'll get the yeah. whole clump up. Yeah. And there's nothing more dis- disappointing than to take your shovel and dig a clump up and find that what you've left is six or seven half Definitely I know. Bowls that I you know. sliced in half. So Oops. go done it. Yeah. far away from the clump sometimes and find some bowls that may not have the leaves on them yet and you didn't know they were there. But you sure don't want to slice through them. Well, thank you. You bet, Mary. Thanks so much for calling. The best to you. Bye-bye. You, thank you so much. Whew. Goodness. We've knocked out, what, one, two, three, four, five, six calls in a segment. That's a that's great. That's great. We're doing great, actually. Again, our number, 404-872-0750. Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, along with Ashley Frasca, the new host of the Lawn and Garden Show. Let's <sighs> <sighs> yeah. take a breath. Take a breath. Just breathe. I feel the same way. Here. Yeah, we did a lot of questions. Coming up, I'll tell you what's coming up, though. Greg in Newburn has, a, has some tips for growing blackberries. He's going to teach us something. Nick in Statham says he wants to thank us for help with his pepper plants. Oh, Mike cool. in McDonough wants to know about gardening podcasts. That's an idea. And Marion and Grandma wants to know, is it too late to plant garlic? Hmm. All those questions could be, could be your question. If it's not your question, you call us, 404-872-0750. At 647, we'll be back after this. It's Scott's Late. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB. Atlanta's News and Talk. Here's Walter. Ashley Frasca alongside Walter Reeves for Lawn and Garden this morning. We're here until 9 o'clock, 404-872-0750. But, of course, you want to know what's going on with the weather. So for the complete uh, kind of hour-by-hour details of the thunderstorms for today, you can see Kirk Mellish's blog on WSBradio.com. But generally, 100% chance of rain. Yeah, a high of 70, a low of 50, but you're not going to be able to do a lot outdoors. A slim chance for a shower before 1, but then the showers and thunderstorms likely all through the afternoon noon and evening and then it clears out tomorrow but still maybe a 40 to 50 percent chance for a shower mix of sun and clouds tomorrow high of 65 and a low of 55 so you'll hear his complete forecast coming up in the newscasts at the top and bottom of every hour here on 95.5 wsb and greg out in newburn has some or has or wants some tips for growing blackberries hey greg good morning Hey, good morning, Walter and Ashley. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I got a, a Natchez, Natchez plant in a five-gallon pot I've had for two or three months. I know I need to get it in the ground. Yeah. And I bought a Kiowa bare root seedling. I know those are both up erect plants. Yeah. Do you still recommend placing those on a wire trellis? Because I'm thinking about going online and buying a sweet repeater Nantahala raspberry to go along with them. You will, re- you will thank me, thank me, thank me whenever you try to harvest blackberries or raspberries if you have them on a wire or some sort of trellis because they, even though it says upright, 
They go okay. up for about four yes, feet sir. and they flop over and they get back to the ground again and they're just a mess. And trying to cut out right. the, the old uh, canes that you do every year on blackberries is another mess. But if you have just a little bit of time in the spring to take the, the sprouts and just sort of drape them over the wire, it makes it so much easier to reach and harvest and manage. It's just so much fun to do it that way rather than just flop and grow. Yes, another quick question, please. What about a raised bed? Because I've got a problem with deer at times, you know, so maybe kind of deter them or something. I don't know. What do you think a raised bed would do to deter deer? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, uh, i got my little garden and a solar-powered fence or something. No, that takes care of them. They don't bother that. Yeah, I I don't think you need to do the same thing with blackberries. Yeah, and a a raised bed, too. It may be a little easier to get kind of that chicken wire or something around it, you know, because you've got the wood or the framing of a raised bed to be able to maybe staple the chicken wire too or something like that and that'll keep them out but um depends on how big you've got i've heard of them jumping over it too (laughs) i understand right that's kind of what i was thinking okay well for both of you congratulations to both of you oh thank you Greg. appreciate the thoughts good thoughts there it's 665. Let's talk a little bit more about canes. Yes, ma'am. Did we answer for him when to put them in the ground, though, the blackberries? Yeah, I think he said. He oh, he is going to do it now. In the ground now. That's okay. right. You don't want to hesitate and wait till March or something like that. You need the more growth time you can have on blackberries, the better root system they have. And the more roots, the more canes they throw up, and the more canes, the more blackberries you yes. have. Yeah. And blackberries, you know, are really pretty easy to grow in Georgia. They have few diseases, few bug problems. Uh, raspberries are pretty much the same. The management is the one that confuses people sometimes because a lot of the raspberry and blackberry varieties that we have, they have one kind of stems that end up as called the floricane that blooms and one called the primocane that doesn't bloom until next year. Hmm. And so the floricane, when it has a flower, makes fruit, you pick the fruit off of it, it'll die. And the primocane that comes up around the same time that's the one that will bloom next year. And so you don't want to cut off the primocanes. You do want to cut down the floricanes once you've harvested your blackberries or your raspberries. So that's another reason, again, why having it on a wire is so much easier. You see them right beside each other. The primocane will be green. It'll be sticking up. It won't have any flowers on it. The floricane will be brown after you harvest. Cut it down. doesn't need to be there anymore. So raspberries are the same way? Pretty much the same way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, do some research if anybody who wants to grow either one of them. I have two pages on blackberries and on raspberries on my website. And all you got to do is go to WalterReeds.com, type one word or the other word in. You get to read all the new varieties and things like that that I have because I think that's important to know what your particular variety does. Is it upright? As he was just talking about, his are upright. Some are trailing, though. They only want to go along the ground. And you got to have wires. To that would be a mess. Yeah, big mess there. But again, they're easy to grow, uh, fertilized once or twice a year. What else do you need to do? Not much else. I mean, if I were to pick the top three carefree fruits for Georgia, it would be raspberry, blackberry, muscadine, and fig. You don't think blueberry? Blueberry seems so right, low maintenance. I'll give you blueberry too. Four then, top four. Because, I mean, they can grow wild yeah. and just let them go. Uh, you have to beat the birds to them. But. <laughs> <laughs> we also, you know, we, why didn't you include peaches, Mr. Reeves? Well, this is a peach state, right? Yeah. No, peaches get all sorts of diseases and bugs that eat them up. Uh, apples are pretty much carefree, but with apples, you still have to have the right varieties that bloom at the same time so they get pollinated. So that's a care on the apples. Pears are pretty easy to grow too, but the best pears are the ones that are the hardest. The key for pears are really easy to grow in Georgia, but boy, they're hard fruit. What about persimmon? 
You're doing great. Yeah, yeah, American Pursuit would be great. Is that easy? Pretty easy. You have really? to have two, though. It's okay. a male-female kind of tree, so you have to have male and female trees to get persimmons. We've gotten that, you and I, well, to your um, Facebook page and, and your email. People trying to identify as the persimmons are little babies. People yeah, yeah, send yeah, pictures yeah. like, what is this? It looks Green so apple. foreign, but yeah. Taste it and see what it tastes like. Yeah, it's got like the little crown on top. Yeah, like if exactly. you were to literally take a tiny, tiny crown and put it on top of it, that's what a persimmon looks like. Exactly. Yeah. I encourage everyone to taste a green persimmon at least once in your life. All if right. you do, you'll have an experience that will uh, teach you a lot. <laughs> you will learn a lot about what persimmons taste like. <laughs> it is 6.58. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.